All right, welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I am your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, I am chatting with Ellen, who is a certified coach and talent consultant for people pursuing courageous career paths. As the founder of The Ask, she leads people to ask the right questions, which obviously I'm a huge supporter of, about their life and career to find work that truly matters. She brings a wealth of experience hiring into tech companies and building entrepreneur accelerator programs in the London startup ecosystem. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thank you for the introduction. Yeah, we were just we were just jamming before I hit record. It's been it's been a while since we met in person, but I I do remember that awesome little cafe in London that we met. What's the name of that place? Just uh, for any of the London UK listeners, so they can check it out. They should. They should. There's best flat whites in all of East London. It's called Cafe Root. It's in Dalston. And uh, I remember our meeting so vividly because uh, I think we were just saying like it was the start of my first or second week working in this new role. And, you know, life experiences are so much richer when they're new. Um, but also, Mark, yeah. you were super memorable and one of the, like, the nicest people I met for a long time. So that was that helped. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'll, <laughs> I'll receive that one. Yeah, it seems like I catch you on life transitions or pivots. That's, I guess that's my MO. <laughs> yeah, which I guess leads us into like what I do, which is, um, which is really help people identify what, what those are and when they should happen and ask the right questions. So super aligned in terms of this podcast and uh, asking questions. It's literally why my business is called The Ask, because I love asking yeah. questions. So it's going to be unnatural for me actually to answer them. I'm just going to maybe have to throw some back at you. Sure, I'll, I'll take that. Um, I'm almost, I'm almost, almost dive right into that without thinking. You know, I, I want to back up. I definitely want to before we get into all this because it's always such a cool, full circle experience. Usually on this show, um, how people answer the first question and how it all relates back, and then you can see obviously the type of work that you're doing and how it connects with uh, who you are. So I'm going to back us up. I have to ask you that question. Who is Ellen? What makes up you or defines you as a lovely human being that you are? Well, um, one of those big questions, which I'll try and answer in a big way, but essentially I'm somebody that cares a lot about making the most out of life and making the most out of experiences that life gives us and then trying to, I guess, retrofit or engineer the ones that aren't so good into something sure good um which we're all kind of experiencing right now through this crisis that we're in but um yeah I, I love thinking deeply about things I'm an action taker um I'm, I'm building my first business properly but it's the sort of latter attempt of many many failed attempts over the last few years on the side of things and um I, I think about the topics of designing your life a lot and designing the work that you love and um even designing your environment you know even before this podcast I was like I'll light some candles and I'll I'll get the right ambience in the room to, to feel love you know it. good and I love just like picking up the little things and maximizing those to to really enjoy life to the best that we can. Where does all that come from? Did you like did you evolve into especially like I love the idea of just designing your life and you know I wish you know in the school time or or even as a kid growing up you know that term was around at least it wasn't for me. Um, but it's so profound. Like, do you remember when you first kind of got switched on to just this mentality? 
I think I probably discovered the worlds of let's call it personal development around the time. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> is that a dirty word in your book or is, is, is that okay? Not, a, not at all, but some people <laughs> get scared of it. Well, I don't know what the catch-all term is, but let's just say I, I looked objectively at my life properly um, around sort of seven years ago, uh, which has uh, coincided with moving to London and realizing that really I'd sort of um, moved through life following those stages that were set out for us at school, university. So I had this like first class degree, um, but I didn't really know what was next, which is normal. You know, this happens to nearly everybody. But um, I kind of realized that I didn't want work to be my be all and end all. So what other areas of my life would would need to sort of catch up and contribute to the happiness I was seeking? Because I wasn't very happy when I first moved to London, didn't know anybody. So it was about being really intentional to try and like find ways to make more friends and feel better in my body, feel better sure. in myself and find the right work. And I think it's just an ongoing evolution. Obviously I haven't been so intentional about this term I've just used designing your life until more recently, I guess you can connect the dots sort of looking backwards, can't you? And when I have been through processes of my own of deciding what to do for work, I often look for the commonalities and threads and everything I love. And one of those is, um, maximizing potential but it's also um really honing in on what you care about and what I care about is is actually helping other people find work that they love so I have to be a proponent of that for myself and I see work as one aspect of the whole you know we bring our whole selves to work and increasingly in today's world work is almost everything we do so why stop at work right it's designing your life yeah it's so true like you know I just think even myself, and, and I, I'm not per- perfect in this either, and I always catch myself or, or try to pause at least. And thankfully, because of a lot of these practices that we speak of, um, give that luxury of, of, of seeing the pause, right, and taking it. But like even like yourself, you know, setting up your environment to kind of set the mood for this conversation, uh, for me, it'd be really easy to just like jump from one meeting to the next and doing one thing and then jumping on the show but I mean, at one point you have to like stop and actually like practice what you preach, right? And for me, I do. I usually do a round of breath work before um, jumping on behind the mic, I should say, just to like reground and, and leave everything else that's happening so to be fully present. But it's it's like life is not set up like that, right? Like you have to <laughs> consciously be able to do that, right? Yeah. And it would be nice if you could just sort of carve out time every now and again to really think about these things. For example, the analogy in therapy is like the work doesn't actually happen in the therapist chair. It happens in the t- in the space between seeing a therapist. So yeah. you have to remind yourself and set aside time to do these little practices. And then there's a snowball effect and you can get away that the sort of dangerous or whatever side of it is that you can get away with not doing it for a long time and nothing happens. Um, but then one day, you know, if you were to always jump from meeting to meeting and so on without these moments of reflection, that's when burnout happens and it's too late to sort of rectify. So it's not about being perfect. I am far from it. You know, I meditate about a third as much as I'd like to, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just having some consistency versus like the binge and then, yeah. you know, realizing you can't maintain that consistency. Um, I try and uh, have a smattering of personal development. Shall we use that term? Yeah, yeah. No, I was just joking with that. We can totally use that term. Uh, obviously, I'm a huge supporter of it. Uh, I'm pretty sure the show is, is tagged under personal development. So that's totally cool. It, Yeah, I mean, 
again, uh, you know, I'll move on from this point shortly, but it, it just makes me think even when I was in the corporate world as well, like something, I remember it, it happening quite clearly, you know, because many people are like kind of working to get to a vacation or something like that, right? Like, can't wait to get to that one week or two weeks off. And like, here's the de- destination, which is super fun in terms of anticipation. But then at one point, it's like, what about the rest of the weeks during the year, right? When you're when you're in it, like how can you, coming back to that term, like design your life so that it's not these giant uh, moments or experiences that that you're that you have to go to or go through or like like you said, hit burnout or hit a wall and like are forced to pivot. And on my side, it was you know I was traveling a lot, quite a bit for work, so be like, well, if I'm in a new country, there's I mean, I can work a hundred percent of the time, obviously, like most people, but why not take some time and, you know, explore the city or something like, even if it's a 30 minute walk or, you know, take an hour here before leaving to just experience. Right. And, you know, it sounds like it's, it's not much, but I, I remember, and I still try to do this to this day. It's just those little micro moments of slowing down and taking in, you know, your environment and all that, they just add up so, so fast. Right. And um, can be so helpful, obviously, throughout just life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can't say I have the like empirical studies on it, but they they do have so much evidence around mindfulness and the benefits to your overall well being. And mindfulness is actually one of these terms that I think can sound a bit scary. And it's like, what what does that involve exactly? And when you strip it down, it's yeah. notice things. <laughs> it's like oh, totally. stop I love and that. notice what you can see, how you feel. Um, and it's so rare that we do it. So let's talk about noticing things and in relation to your story, because like, like we mentioned, you know, we met at a certain period in your life, you're working at an organization that's doing some pretty cool stuff where, uh, if I remember correctly, we're linking up, uh, startups and other bigger organizations that were trying to solve problems that hopefully that startup could solve for them. And then it was just like a great networking and, problem kind of solution setup, mm-hmm. um and then you you've obviously and feel free to, to correct anything no, that's if, right if what i mentioned is wrong um and then you've obviously pivoted out of that and, and are working or start started the ask like what were i guess what were the factors or or how did you go through that o- your own transition or what kind of questions were you asking yourself to get to where you're at right now Mm, yeah, no, thanks for outlining that. I think the story begins perhaps before so before that point, which was when I was a headhunter, which in the London tech system, tech ecosystem, essentially involved finding sea um, level talent for some of the best startups across um, the UK and being handed quite considerable sums of money by the leadership team to go out and find these sort of hidden gems of talent. So hmm. finding great people was really the the heart of what I was doing for about four and a half years. So I was just consistently building my network of great um, technical or entrepreneurial talent across London. And um, that really opened my eyes as to what what's possible to achieve in your career and also interview enough people about their careers to really see sort of threads. And I think one of the biggest threads I noticed was that the people that were successful were successful because they knew what they wanted. Yeah. And it was at that time when I was, you know, not no longer like a fresh graduate figuring things out. That I realized I kind of should know a bit more about what I wanted. So that's when I realized that although I love the interview side of things with people, 
um, that environment didn't really allow me to come up with ideas. It didn't really allow me to build build anything. Um, and I wouldn't be one of the people sat in the chair being interviewed about the cool stuff they've done if I only continued to be the one hiring them. So sure. I, I took that moment to reflect about what good would look like in the next few years. And that's how I stumbled across the organization you're talking about called The Bakery. Um, with an intention to broaden my skill set, but also use that sort of superpower I think I have, which is connecting people. So I was connecting people for jobs. Then I became a connector for those opportunities you spoke about. Um, and it's really about understanding what someone wants and sort of connecting um, that to what the opportunity is and then kind of selling it to them because a lot of the people you try and convince to join a company aren't necessarily looking for a new job. And then similarly, a lot of these yeah. startups that we've made wouldn't be always looking for business opportunity with the clients I had. So it was through those things that I started to basically gather data about what gave me energy and what fulfilled me and and continually use that to shape and mold my role which I was fortunate enough to do during that time and, and I ended up building this kind of talent focused entrepreneurial accelerator which is finding the best talented entrepreneurs and connecting them with the opportunities so I really managed to sort of draw a full circle around what I'd done in my career to date um but it was through having my own coaching and these sort of more self-reflective questions that I realized other things um, to be true about what I wanted from life. And one of them was to build my own thing. So I've, I've shortcutted this journey a little bit. There are, you know, highs and lows in between. Um, but around eight months later, um, I've started the ask um, and I'm now focused purely on helping people navigate the world of work um, as a coach. So I, I trained as a coach because I love asking questions and I love helping people figure out where they fit. But I still am a sneaky recruiter and I still actually often connect them with jobs <laughs> and often find um, companies that are hiring to help them out because I think it's sort of once a recruiter, always a recruiter, it seems to be. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so then how, so you're first a coach then and and then the, but it, it seems like just given the nature of your network and your work, it ends up turning into linking the right people together. Is, it, am I It's a side effect. Properly? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like yeah. the core business model. It's just happened. Um, and also track record of helping companies hire. Occasionally they'll come to me and say, hey, do you know someone for this role? We're struggling to fill it. But sure. yeah, first and foremost, a coach. Um, and in addition to building my private coaching practice, I've been working with some organizations um, to help them use and find, um, you know, the best potential for their people, be it communities or um, sort of cohorts if they're going through like career changes. So there's, there's sort of these worlds that collide now that I'm trying to narrate. Uh, from a marketing perspective, which, as you know, is often the hardest part when you're trying to explain <laughs> what your own business does. Um, but I'm enjoying it, yeah. which is the main thing. Totally. Well, that's awesome. It's, I mean, it's so unique, which is, which is great. And almost, you know, when, when hearing you speak about it, almost not so, or, or not um, a surprise given like these are just your life passions all coming together at a point in what seems like a really nice offering, right? Obviously for other people, uh, easier to say, say that now when looking back and like you're in it, but you know, obviously more challenging as you go and y you have to go through those experiences anyway to, to get to this point. Right. Yeah. And some of those experiences included, you know, trying to set up, um, side projects around like designing your life. Like literally that was something I was working on last year was this sort of hybrid 
blog slash um, interior design thing around designing your life and your work. And ultimately, I was like, what is this? It doesn't make sense. You can't string everything together around all of your disparate interests. You have to kind of put your hat on something. And then I realized yeah. that um, I'm not going to be an interior designer and talk about designing things because that's not my background or really my skill set my skill set is helping people do the work that they love um and so after a bit more kind of thoughtfulness around that and what does that look like and testing things um the ask was born so i'm not it sounds like a straight line because you have to summarize it for people but it's not it's a journey and and i really encourage my clients to go on that experimental journey to decide what works for them uniquely because it's different for everybody yeah of course Hey, just wanted to thank you for being here. And if you're enjoying the show, drop us some lovely stars wherever you're listening. They really make a huge difference. Also, after requests from you, I've put together some mental fitness training packages in collaboration with Thrive Medicine. I'll work directly with you to help implement and personalize practices and routines to ensure your mind is thriving. Shoot me a message directly or check out the link in the show notes. Thank you as always and back to the show. I'd love to I'd love to pivot into just your work obviously as a coach and then working with organizations in today's time, which depending on, you know, when you're listening to this, uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic that I, every time I bring this up, I remember the first time I did on like right when this all happened. And I remember thinking, well, maybe I don't want to timestamp this interview too much just in case like this is just like a two week thing or whatever. Here we are, <laughs> you know, thinking. seven months later, I feel like, uh, you know, and we're, we're nowhere near the end from what I can see. So anyway, uh, that was a bit of a aside, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, obviously what's happening and, and it doesn't matter what your scenario is, like everyone is, in this and has had to face some sort of reflective time or some decision-making. I'm just curious to see how some of your questions have evolved over this time, uh, either for yourself or just when working with clients. Like, What are mm. you seeing or noticing from that perspective? I'll start with clients first. I think that's the easier one to answer, which is sure. whilst I've been maybe having these reflective questions about where I want to go and what I care about the most as a relative permanent, you know, process in my life for at least sort of five, six years. I think actually there are many people for whom it's the first time they're doing this. And that is yeah. largely due to what's happening in the world because it forces you to prioritize um, what's most important. And it also rules out certain opportunities. You know, previously the world felt like it had maybe more opportunities than it does today in some fields. But at the same time, I think with the shedding of the old comes the new and we're still sort of seeing what that new world will look like when things are more remote and businesses are um, potentially offering less st stable work opportunities and all these things that are changing so fast that we can't actually draw conclusions yet. Um, the upshot of that, in addition, I think, to people spending so much time on their own without as many distractions as previously has led to just more of what we've already discussed on this call so far, which is people really going, what do I want from this next phase of life? And how can I take back control in a world where I don't feel like I've currently got that much control, or at least I felt like a victim of everything that's happened. I think people are realizing mm -hmm. they need to be a bit more intentional, proactive about how they 
navigate their life. And again, when I say life, I kind of say it interchangeably with the word career. Um, so yeah, from the client perspective, um, the number of people who come to me saying, I need to figure out what my passion is so that I can do work that I love. That's, that's the kind of heart of a lot of it. Um, and then people also wanting to know how, how that makes them relevant, how, how they can really build like a, um, sorry, there's fireworks going on outside, which is better than the gunshot that I first thought it was in Hackney, East London. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of a natural evolution of everything that's happening, which um, again, it, it's what I set up to help people to talk about and think about. Um, yeah. And then the other well, side, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Well, I guess the other side was what I've, what's changed for me, um, which sure. I hadn't really thought about um, so much. But I guess that's the, the point of having someone who asks us questions is to think about your responses to, to, to harder questions. But I think it at first just made me really review whether this is the most impactful thing I could be doing um, with my sort of skill set and time and energy because essentially if you throw lots of time and energy at anything you can you can help people um so i just reviewed how much my business offering would be um you know relevant in this climate and i think it just forced me to sort of maybe bend some ideas but really focus um on on some more so because of the climate that we're in well thank you i mean i appreciate you asking the question even even though you haven't reflected on that i mean i, I think we're just we've all been forced into this right and even myself that i kind of consider myself a collector of questions or a question advocate i mean even for me it's just you know it made me go you know slow down a little bit and or slow down even more and really to your point like prioritize right you know, where the time should be or where the focus needs to be because so i think what what this whole era or this whole experience has brought up is just it's getting we're forced to get rid of the noise around right we're 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 because there's just no there's no time for it right like we have to make these decisions because for a lot of people and i mean myself included it's like there's, there aren't very, there, there isn't another option, right? Like we, we have to figure something out and that may mean that someone lost a job or whatever you're working in, all of a sudden, uh, you know, that revenue um, channel has disappeared or, and, and just like all the uncertainty of, well, maybe next week is going to be different and we might be dialed back. Like we just don't know. So it's, I think it's just, it, it's been a huge exercise in, in focus and prioritization. And I hope like, I'm sure you're seeing this too, or you, you did mention this, so I'm sure you are, but I hope that this period for the, for the, for the people that have never prioritized this kind of thinking, st like stick with it, right? Because, you know, eventually things, things will settle in whatever it's going to be, right? I just, I just hope that these practices and this prioritization of reflection sticks around so that people don't yo-yo back into you know a pattern that inevitably will lead to a wall of some sort right mm -hmm. yeah and i do want to point out like um when i discuss these themes i think some of the feedback i can get is well it's all very well for some people to design their perfect role right design their perfect life and that's not actually the reality for so many people and and that isn't necessarily the point the point isn't 
go and find the most idealized situation you can because again it's not it's not always achievable the point is to look internally about what is most important to you to get from this next period of your life and how can you optimize that so you know you might be choosing from slim pickings but filtering based on your values and what's important for you and your family rather than just saying I'll take what I can get and then winding up unhappy actually proactively having those sort of thought processes in place so that you can filter the right opportunities because a lot of people assume that all of the control lies with the other side of the coin that the jobs market or the employer or whatever and they forget how much um their choices will impact the end result and and thinking about those ahead of time will allow them to sort of go actually I don't want that job because even though I'm desperate for money right now I'm only going to want to leave as soon as I start because it's not going to align with who I am so trying to shortcut that process and and just picking something based on who you are has to start with looking internally before you look externally um, and just yeah being able to select the best options that you have available it's such a profound point because and I fell victim to this and I still have to remind myself uh, about this, but just, we kind of have this fixed mindset of, you know, especially when it comes to finances, right? Like the job market is here, the revenue or our income is going to come from this place. But I mean, there are, there are a million different ways that that can happen, right? That if you first, if you first set the intention of being open to other opportunities coming up, I mean, that, that has to be the first step, right? Or, or, or it'll never happen. And this happened to me recently, actually, um, where I was really focusing on, this would have been last month, of just being not necessarily looking for all these other opportunities, but just being open to things coming. And, and you know, in my meditations, visualizing that. Um, and within a couple weeks, it was insane. It was just someone offered, essentially was interviewing me for a position that uh i mean i just couldn't take from a physical location standpoint and and it turned into do you know anyone that um you know would be good for the for the job mm-hmm. and it came with this like crazy referral fee you know, from <laughs> f- from a conversation that uh never you know i've never even spoken to the person before to you know we had a great chat and i declined essentially moving forward in a in a in a job interview and the, the person I suggested ended up taking the job. And yeah. here we are, like there's a referral fee coming in that, you know, days before was just not even, not even in, in my imagination. So yeah. it's just, I think, you know, and that's just one, I mean, there's other examples yeah. too. I think that if you really slow down and reflect, right, like even people giving you things for free, there's, you know, there's a value to that. There, there's so many different areas in life that if we slow down and reflect on that there is actually abundance uh-huh. around and on us that point and if we like can continue it, right yeah, yeah. And, and if i could you, you know we get into the more kind of woo-woo territory here which it's not really that much my style as a coach you will find some super spiritual coaches who would do a lot of the kind of um manifestation you know you hear about these words a lot in coaching i think i'm probably more on the practical side however i've experienced firsthand the power of meditative visualizations about your future and how frequently these things can come to pass, much like the one you've just described to me. So, you know, just like even as oh, simple yeah. as, um, let's say it was six months ago, it was around that time I was journaling on some questions and one of them was sort of around my business or whatever, what, what would I like to see happen in three, four months time? And 
I literally just imagine myself in a foreign location, working remotely, working on my business with specific types of people um, who were sort of like celebrating me and lifting me up in my business. And then lo and behold, last month I was in Cyprus working on my business remotely in the sun with people supporting me with my business that I remembered that I'd almost imagined it, even though how it came to pass sure. wasn't really my choosing. Like I didn't um, set up the, the trip. I, I actually got invited and all these things. It was like, oh, wow, like coincidence or <laughs> has my subconscious been priming this you know, over the last few months and it's just crazy. It's the priming. I really think Mm. it's, I really think it's the priming. And I, so I completely agree with you. I'm probably in the same kind of practical level as you and all this manifestation stuff, you know, gets a a really bad rap when it comes to it being woo woo and this and that, because I think people forget the the action part of it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that person asked me if there was anyone I knew you know, I took time and I put together a list of probably 20 people that would be legit candidates, not just 20 people I knew. So there's, you know, you have to take the actions, but I think, you know, just to, to bring a little bit more clarity, I mean, the, actually the, this episode's going out this week. Um, I interviewed a, an eight time Olympian in the U S Apollo Ono, who was a short track speed skater. And I mean, I'd say half of the interview was in relation to visualizing the course and visualizing the outcomes and like mm-hmm. every detail of that race. I mean, that is no different than what we're talking about, right? Yeah. It's just, you know, it's viewed in a different light. Um, but just like Apollo, you know, visualizing, a, you know, a 40 second race on a, uh, on a speed skating course, he, like he has to put in the work. He can't just visualize that. Like there's work <laughs> there, nice. right? <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, well, so I, think, is, I guess my message is like for people it. to be open. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, go. I, oh, I was just going to say, I think that I think the message is to be open. <laughs> <laughs> Keep cutting over each other there. Sorry. Yeah. So um, I agree. And there's so many roots of coaching and sports coaching. That's um, one of the original kind of forms of it. And athletes have long imagined themselves hitting that ball or, or whatever. Um, being their personal best in the moment and we often forget that the same principles apply to any field of life whether it's a performance meeting at work or a difficult conversation in a relationship you know you can practice these things in your mind and and the outcome you want and you can call it scientific or woo or just practical it doesn't really matter but um i think for people listening who haven't never really tapped into like the future self and what they want to happen it's just worth giving it a go yeah, totally. So what are some, before we get into some of your personal practices, are there any prompts that you can leave people on the career side of things? I mean, I feel like, you know, now is the time, obviously there's a lot of people like, as we discussed, doing this reflection or that want to do it. What, how would you suggest they start off? Yeah, I would um, begin by asking yourself, what am I optimizing for? Because the answer to that question is going to determine what needs to happen next. So for some people, that would be stability. For others, money. For others, learning. For others, um, you know, massive kind of uh, innovation. So that that's a, a great starting point. Um, and then it's uh, pretty good to take stock of what has been already in your life and career. So what, what worked out? What was unique about those experiences? What were the threads that made the things you enjoy 
the things that you enjoyed and what were the threads that made the things you didn't enjoy such and try and again find more of the experiences like the ones you have enjoyed so that might be anything from the environmental factor where you were working who you're working with it might be to do with the amount of autonomy you had the type of content of the topics you were working on the type of tasks you were doing whether you're working with people on your own so you want to start layering information on top of each other to sort of form a bit of a picture of what you do and don't like and then the more deep questions you want to ask yourself are what are my values so a value in this context is what's important to me what am I um, going to judge my own success on or what am I going to make decisions based upon and for some people that might be for example my own value of authenticity has meant that I've never seen myself in a corporate setting or somewhere where I have to stifle who I am Um, you know I'm coming across relatively sort of normal and serious in this conversation but I have quirky sides you know I have like other parts of me that I want to be able to show in my work and therefore I wouldn't necessarily want to be put in a box so authenticity is actually one of my values that that jumps out a lot in everything I do so for anybody that isn't aware of what their values are that's for example something I would work on with my clients it's something you can find out for yourself as well um, and then I think the biggest thing that people forget they often jump to like job titles or the problem that they're solving is what do you want to be doing day to day with your time? Do you want to be coming up with ideas? Do you want to be in spreadsheets? Do you want to be working as much with people outdoors as possible? And and trying to figure out the answer to that question because it's quite hard, but it really determines how happy you're going to be. And again, I've just got myself to sort of draw in here, but you know, I've optimized for being able to do stuff like this and um, writing as well as coaching, as well as workshops, because I love all those things and I like variety. <laughs> Yeah, that's such a, I mean, that's such a great question. And I agree. I'm just, I'm writing it down and looking at, you have to go through some of the other steps to be able to answer that question. I shouldn't say, I mean, you you definitely can answer it right off the bat, but I think it's a hell of a lot easier if you already have gone through and and reflected on, like you said, the threads of, of your life that know that you really like and the ones that you know you're you're you could do without type thing so that you at least you have some insight going into the the exercise right yeah and it it might not be that the output is this as i said before perfectly formed job role there still might be some reflection that needs to happen and there still might be some sort of um prioritization where you have to let certain aspects go in order to just be realistic but start with your best version of what you have in mind and then you can start to filter opportunities on that basis. Totally. It, I mean, for, for me, it's just, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well. It's like anything, I think, in life. When you start becoming or getting a little bit more clear on the path that you desire or where you want to be or at least pointed in the direction that is of interest, like things start happening, right? And I don't, th- I don't think that it's, that things start happening that weren't already happening. It's more so that we've now primed our mind to look for those things, kind of going mm-hmm. right back to this like manifestation stuff. But, you know, so the more clear you are, then the more clear you are on what you don't want to be doing with your time uh, mm-hmm. as well. Right. So th- yeah, these are really great. Even when you asked me to be on your podcast a few months ago, I, I knew I didn't want to be on it yet. I wanted to be on it around October. Something in my mind told me October would be a good time to, to do the podcast or or at least that's when it, it sort of fitted in with both our schedules. But equally, I could tell that things would sort of kick off around this month and they have. And um, it's been a, a better, I think, journey 
to to really let the things unfold that just take time to percolate. And some of the conversations I was having about my business sort of four or five months ago were less material than they are now. And I'm actually, you know, closing d- different types of deals and having different kinds of conversations. And that's, it's not like I've known I would definitely make it work, but I knew that it would take time sure. to get to this point. And as you say, already putting in the action and um, waiting for things to kind of click into place. Well, I'm happy. I mean, I'm enjoying this conversation. So (laughs) thanks for following the signs. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Let's, let's jump into some of your personal practices. You know, I guess, first of all, it's been a while since I've asked guests this. I used to always ask this question and I'm not actually sure why I got away from it, but let's kick it back off with you. Like when I say the word mental fitness, what does that mean to you? Yeah, well, I'm conscious that I'm coming uh, off the back of an eight times Olympian athlete. So I'm not sure I can um, hold up much compared to the conversation you might have come up with this week. But for me, mental fitness um, would involve a awareness of what's going on in your mind, because you can't change anything unless you're aware of it. Um, So that's, you know, regular check ins about your mental health and about how how you're responding to things, you know, how's your irritability levels or your temper at the moment or how how are you taking time for yourself or whatever and then um, once you sort of got you know a hold of where you're at then figuring out what is going to make the biggest difference for you so for some people for example um you know on the topic of fitness it is actually fitness that can be one of the best things you can do for your mind is to get out of your mind um taking time away from thinking about your problems through physical exercises you know it's so popular for for that reason as well as the body benefits um and then in addition to that i guess it's um being aware of what has changed and then what needs to change so i've kind of gone a bit more meta maybe than your question but it was just about treating your mind like a project maybe and and being able to give it a score or, or see what needs improvement it's so important. I mean, and thank you. I, like I said, I haven't asked that in, in several months and I'm going to keep doing it because it's, I mean, I love how you responded to that. I think, you know, there's themes that come up just thinking of how people have replied in the past, but everyone has their own little subtle take. And I, I just, I really like your idea of just like the mixing of awareness and then being able to jump into making a difference and, and taking the actions, which is again, like it, it, it's coming full circle to, you know, who you are as a person. <laughs> so when you think of mental fitness, then since we've, we've given a bit of a definition, so I guess what are you, like what's in your daily routine or what are some of your non-negotiables when it comes to this topic? Mm. Well, prayer and meditation are up there. Um, one and or both, um, ideally kind of at the start of the day. Um, even before that, I'd often journal. So I will journal about my dreams. I'll journal about what's to come. And I don't have a prescribed journaling kind of, you know, time frame or, or sets of questions I ask. It is a bit of a clearing of the consciousness um, just to sure. kind of almost start on a blank slate. So I, I got more into the habit of doing that since um, doing the artist's way, which is like a 10, 12 week kind of subconscious um, exercise you do. And there's, morning pages which i'm sure you're familiar with but you know really getting yeah it all julia cameron mm-hmm. um so i don't do morning pages as much as i'd like but you know the act of just putting pen to paper and 
blurting out what's uh, maybe on your mind are two, two of the things I would start my day with. Um, and then I, I probably pick up weird things that help me unconsciously. So for example, I'm actually quite messy, although I, I talked about designing my environment. I think I make a mess a lot of the time because I enjoy tidying. <laughs> so I seem to, when I'm stressed, <laughs> tidy. And that having having my space tidy again sort of gives me that feeling of cathartic feeling that I actually crave. So potentially that's been something I've been doing for a long time to keep me sane. I love that. Well, it's something I talk a lot about. It's just, you know, minimalism for the mind. And because, I mean, there's such a, a trend or there's so many people talking about just keeping your physical space tidy and how the effects that that has in your mind. But I mean, there's definitely, definitely, you know, parallels to if you think of your mind as a room, for example, right? Is it jam floor to ceiling with boxes or IE thoughts and relationships and things that just no longer serve your life where you're at right now? I mean, just like you're tidying up your physical space, we've got to take some time as well to tidy up the mind, which the practices you mentioned obviously are great ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And lists, many, many lists as well. <laughs> yeah. So just get it, just getting a little bit more tactical, um, because on this show we, we kind of geek out about this stuff, but when it comes to your journaling, so, and meditation, so essentially you get up, um, are these the first, these are the first things you do, or is there anything else in the routine? And this isn't to get a prescription. This is more so to inspire others that there might be one aspect of your routine that like, oh, that, that works with what I, you know, I can do, for example. Sure. Well, if we're being uh, specific, I have, I always buy uh, soft leather notebooks, or at least I try and find soft notebooks and I find sure. inky, inky pens that look nice and feel nice to write with. So the actual act of the, the stationery itself makes a difference. I keep it by my bed um, and I try and write in it before I even get out of bed um, in the morning. And okay. um, this isn't an everyday thing. You know, if I have something happening in the morning that I have to attend to more urgently, I don't just mean that the toilet, but, you know, like an appointment that I might need to sure. be a bit more of a rush for. I, I'm not going to berate myself if I don't do it, but I'll probably then do it in the evening. So I tend to treat bedtime, you know, either night or day as sort of journaling time. Um, And one of the prompts I find quite useful is if I'm really, if I'm being really honest. So if you write that out, then what will follow is, you know, an unfiltered version of what you're actually thinking about, as opposed to so good, more of like a list of things, you know, what what I end up often doing by accident before bed is turning my journaling into like a to do list. And I feel more hyped up and stressed before bed. So I'm trying to, to remove, um, catch myself if I notice myself journaling about things to get done, and try and navigate it more into a space of gratitude, reflection, um, you know, or, or just kind of um, uh, more emotional things. Yeah, that's a great, I love that, that prompt or that intention, I guess, because it, yeah, it just takes out the rules and the filters with that. Cause I've noticed this myself as well. And I can't remember how I broke it, but it was probably something similar to that. But just the idea of I'm not writing in my journal as if I'm trying to publish an article on like fast company, you know? <laughs> so, you know, let's, let's not worry about all of those things. Let's not worry about the structure of the thoughts and, and making it look nice. Like just cut all the rules, 
be honest with ourselves. And it's, it's a place, like you said, to just really dive into, you know, how you're feeling and your emotions and, and all of that. Right. So that's a great way to open it up. Thank you for that. Yeah. It's like free therapy. You know, if someone were to read your journal, you might seem like a more um, depressed version of your real self. And that, that should be the way in the sense that you're actually getting all that stuff out. Because if it's not on the page, it's in your head and you're having more negative thoughts if you don't air them. And sometimes these thoughts aren't things you need to talk to anyone about because they are, you know, we will have, I think it's 8,000 negative thoughts a day or something crazy like that, which are just coming at us. So we need to get them out somehow. And journaling is one of the best free, quick forms of therapy there is. Totally. And I think it gives a a level of confidence to us as well, right? That we, even if we, don't have time or just whatever we can't journal on that like in the moment just walking around knowing that we have that tool at our disposal that we can process a lot of you know the curveballs that life will throw or things that are bothering us i mean that that in itself gives a whole other level of confidence to you know be maybe a little less reactionary and and not go to the extremes of some of those emotions mm-hmm. yeah that's the, that's the hope yeah totally I love talking to someone who loves journaling as much as I do. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit obsessed. I mean, and I mean, obviously, like when we first met, we had uh, we had Keo, the the journaling app. So yeah. it's funny just how kind of life evolves and we've since shut that down. Um, but I mean, my passion in this space and the, hence why this show is still going is um, it, it's stronger than ever because I really do believe, you know, let's go full circle right back to the questions but I really do believe that one question not only can uh, literally save a life, but also can completely change your life. Like one question well-timed in your life can, can do that. I've experienced it. I'm, uh, I know you have uh, just, just from this conversation and some of the backstory. So, you know, for me, you know, to get that, get this stuff out and to your point, it's free and it, it just requires a bit of shaping of prioritizing some time for this thinking whether it's pen to paper, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a journaling app or audio notes or like whatever the medium, as long as we can slow down and get a little bit of reflection in, we'll just be so much more clear. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, and even if you only get to it once a week, it's better than nothing. So definitely just start start with what feels comfortable. And as you say, the medium doesn't matter. The time of day doesn't really matter. It's one of these things that you find it a time to fit in with your life, you know, back to designing your life. If, it works for you it works yeah yeah that's that's the key that is for sure the key and you know for like you said you know you're doing your journaling kind of you know stacked in between you know waking up or, or going to sleep and that's just a great trigger and in the right environment and i fall into that as well but if that doesn't work for someone else listening like just find the place that it you know where you can set yourself up for success for this stuff right mm-hmm. i have to ask you last question just what makes you smile each day? Uh, I think it would be when you have that moment with somebody where you're on the same page about something, generally something funny, you know, like a <laughs> yeah. just something that clicks, whether it's like a witty joke or a, as simple as a stupid meme. You know, I just think sharing, sharing with people um, as much as possible, just parts of life, big, small, serious, not serious. Um, you know, I work on my own a lot but I'm actually always talking to somebody because of the nature of what I do. So um, that gives me life and energy. 
um, because in no matter how different people are, you can always find something that you connect on. And, um, you know, when I'm coaching, as I have been this week, strangers every day, part of a, a new program I'm running and we only have half an hour together, you know, that moment where you catch them and you both smile and laugh about something that's, you know, silly, but you, you find some some lightness in what could be otherwise quite a serious conversation um, I think that's where you really see the humanity and how similar we all are at the end of the day. Yeah, we're we're all human. I love that. That's a great um, that's a great reply to that that answer. Thank you, and thank you for again following the signs, making some time for this podcast uh, in a time in your life that it, it feels most right. I've really enjoyed the chat, um, and I hope people you know on the other side obviously have received some great little practices and tips and and whatnot to you know slow down and do some reflection on just life in general but then really think about where your time's being spent i think that's that's a big one that keeps coming up through this conversation and through a lot of the prompts you've left so thank you for dedicating your your energy and your time to helping people do that because that there's exponential value there, you know, from someone working with an organization that's reaching millions of people or a handful of people, doesn't matter. It's, it, it's exponential in a way. So thank you. Oh my goodness. It's been my absolute pleasure and highlight of my week. So thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing more of your, your amazing interviews. 